Turn with me to Psalm 35, please. Psalm 35, a singularly themed psalm, one that starts and ends with a request from the psalmist to the Lord. It starts with the words, plead my cause. And the rest of the psalm is David actually pleading his own cause to the Lord with a request mentioned three times as to why he's asking for the Lord to bless him and be with him. I'll try to put up with my voice if you'll help me put up with it. This psalm was most likely penned and during one of David's many trials being chased by Saul, found himself alone and in need of great help. Many times when you have the opportunity to present a psalm, you go and you look for a psalm. This psalm found me. It was a unique circumstance that I had picked other psalms and was going in a different direction. And I opened up the psalms one morning, and it was right there, and it was as loud and clear as it could ever be. And so this is the psalm the Lord's chosen for me to give to you today. I'm going to approach the psalm a little bit differently than usual. Instead of going through it verse by verse or trying to pull out points necessarily from the psalm, I want to give you a concept. And the concept is simple, and if it's the only thing you leave with today, then it's the accomplish, I have accomplished my purpose. And that is, do you talk with God? Do we talk with God? Do we converse with the Almighty? Do we find ourselves in conversation with Him? Or do we see Him as a candy dispenser in the sky that when we have need of something, we drop to our knees and finally offer up a prayer? Is God the God of the universe? Is God the God that has said that He will be with us? Is God our friend? Or is God an ATM machine that is convenient for you when you have need of something? So you go to Him for that particular need. Or do we talk with God? What would you think if someone said they were your friend but only came to you when they needed something? Right. What kind of a friend is that? But I fear that all of us go to our God the same way. We wait till we have a need and then we find ourselves in devotion, sweet devotion with our Lord that we've neglected for days or weeks or months until this need has come. Abraham was mentioned that he was the friend of God. Yes. We've had unique opportunity here at the beginning of the year, reading through the book of Genesis, to see what a friend of God looks like and how he talks to the Lord. Abraham conversed with his Lord. He didn't just go to him when he had a need. They had an ongoing conversation yes. that was only broken up because of the needs of, the, of his life. And that they took right back up in that conversation when they had time. And many times when they didn't have time, they still conversed with their Lord. Moses talked to him face-to-face -face as a friend. We're going to see this in the next few chapters as we get into Exodus, yes. that there was a unique relationship there. There was a conversation going on with these mighty men with their maker, their friend. Friends talk to each other. They open up to each other. They share with one another. I ask you, has the Lord shared with you his thoughts, his intents, his purposes? Yet he's even put it in writing so that we can refer to Amen. it often and know exactly what he meant. I wonder if we return the favor to him at all. This psalm is, is David opening up to the Lord as the Lord has already opened up to David. Do we explain things to God? You, you ask, I ask that question and I get puzzled sometimes to think, why would we do such a thing? This psalm, Psalm 35, is David going into great detail. He is very articulate to the things that he is expressing to the Lord. He is very careful to mention certain things. Did God not understand? No, not at all. God wanted to know what was on David's heart. God wanted to see the intricacies of this request. 
Was David informing God about this need? No, not at all. There were no new developments to the Lord, but the Lord wanted to hear him express yes. his need. Yes. Like any friendship, God wants to see our need of him. The best friendships on earth are those where there's a mutual benefit of need and desire and want and help that we can each offer each other. It's no different with the Lord. He wants to know our need of him, and he wants us to articulate it, to speak it, to, to have a conversation with him about it. This is not unique in the Bible. Psalm 35 is one of many examples where great men talked and reasoned with the Lord. We think of Abraham and Sodom. We think of Moses and the Israelites. We think of Hannah in need of a child. We think of Hezekiah for his life. We think of David at other times asking for more years. Why were these men and women successful? I give you three reasons. First, they had righteous lives. Yes. And we're going to see three times in this psalm that that is paramount. We see that they had righteous requests. They weren't going for many of the things that we find ourselves begging the Lord for. They were asking for very important matters, and usually it was the defense of the Lord God of heaven and his reputation. And they had righteous responses to God's answers. For us to go to the Lord and ask him for something and tell him for his will to be done and not ours, and then not to accept his will is ridiculous. Yes. We love the attribute of the vulnerability of God. But are we vulnerable to God? Are we open to him? Do we talk to him and let him know what's going on in our hearts? Why has God made himself vulnerable to us? Why would he do such a thing? Because he wants us to come to him. He wants us to talk to him. God wants a relationship with each and every one of us. He wants it so badly that he sent his son to die on the cross that we might fulfill his purpose in the universe to give him this honor and glory. But if we neglect this relationship, if we neglect these conversations with him, we have stunted what could be from our lives. Yes. We sacrifice when we don't communicate. God is perfect, but God wants to hear from us and for us to communicate with him. I ask a question that will be answered in this psalm. Have you ever thought about why God should give you your request? As parents, as friends, many times we have a one-word answer when our children or our friends come to us and request something. Why? Your child asks for something. Why? You need something. Why? This psalm is going to help explain that there are whys, and we need to give those whys to the Lord sometimes. He knows what they are. He wants to hear them. He wants to see if we can get to the details of the things that we need, and then he will come and be mighty on our behalf. Amen. Three points as we go into Psalm 35. Uh, three things I'd like you to remember. I've set the stage, so I'll have fewer comments afterwards, but I want you to think about these three things as we go through this psalm. Please pay attention to the detail David goes into in regards to his request. He is very particular and gets very deep in the things that he has need of. Please see David's answer to the why in verses 9, 18, and 28. It is a refrain for the psalm. He goes into what his needs are and then the why. What his needs are and then the why. What his needs are and he closes with the why. Please follow along with me as I read Psalm 35 to you. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help. Draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Amen. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. 
Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Let them be as chaff before the wind, and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery, and let the angel of the Lord persecute them. For without cause have they hid for me their net in a pit, which without cause they have digged for my soul. Let destruction come upon him at unawares, and let his net that he hath hid catch himself. Into that very destruction let him fall. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like unto thee, which deliverest the poor from him that is too strong for him? Yea, the poor and the needy from him that spoileth him. False witnesses did rise up. They laid to my charge things that I knew not. They rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned into mine own bosom. I behaved myself as though he had been my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother. But in mine adversity they rejoiced, and gathered themselves together. Yea, the abjects gathered themselves together against me, and I knew it not. They did tear me, and ceased not. With hypocritical mockers in feasts, they gnashed upon me with their teeth. Lord, how long wilt thou look on? Rescue my soul from their destructions, my darling from the lions. I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. Let not them that are mine enemies wrongfully rejoice over me. Neither let them wink with the eye that hate me without a cause. For they speak not peace, but they devise deceitful matters against them that are quiet in the land. Yea, they opened their mouth wide against me and said, Aha, aha, our eye hath seen it. This thou hast seen, O Lord. Keep not silence. O Lord, be not far from me. Stir up thyself and awake to my judgment, even unto my cause, my God and my Lord. Judge me, O Lord my God, according to thy righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me. Let them not say in their hearts, Ah, so would we have it. Let them not say, We have swallowed him up. Let them be ashamed and brought to confusion together that rejoice at mine hurt. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor that magnify themselves against me. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and thy praise all the day long. Amen. Let's focus on the, excuse me, let's focus on the forest of the lesson and not the individual trees. I want to get the concept across to you in just a brief couple of moments here. Do you talk with God? Do you converse with him? Do you explain to him those things that you have need of and articulate to the very detail of how you need him to come to your defense? 
Verse 1 starts with, plead my cause. And the psalmist continues on several times throughout the psalm to mention that cause that he had. That cause is that he needed the Lord's salvation, that he might again rejoice in the goodness of the Lord and praise him for this salvation. If you were to go before anybody of importance on this earth, you would go to them with many arguments, with much detail, with great articulation to accomplish those things you have need of. If you were to build something and you were to go to city council, you would have a slideshow, you would have a PowerPoint, you would have many details of things that you were going to present to accomplish what you had need of. But yet, do we go to the Lord? Do we talk to him? Do we converse with him on these things? Do we explain to him what great things we have need of and why we need them? You'd be able to articulate your request. The words would come to you. You would find yourself giving more words than were probably necessary, but yet we shortchange the Lord. We go to him in short rote prayers thinking that he's going to hear us when we've neglected him for maybe years. You may ask, when is it okay to use godly reasoning in speaking with the Lord? It's simple. Is it godly? Then reason with it. That's the way the great men of the Bible did it. If they had a godly request, then they would use it to reason with the Lord. Sometimes we feel that explaining our need is a lack of trust. It's not. It's a greater sense of trust. It's a greater level of faith to go to the Lord and know that he hears every detail of your request. And then again, the why. Why would we do this? Why would we expect the Lord to hear the details of the request that we have laid out? And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. What greater purpose could we possibly ask the Lord's help for than to rejoice in the Lord again and the things that he's done for us and his great mighty acts? That's verse 9. He says it again in verse 18. I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. The Lord gives him these opportunities because he's come to his behalf. He's defended him from his enemies, and he will yet again praise the Lord. And then he concludes in verse 28. And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. David, in another place, asked the Lord to preserve his life and give him more years that he might continue to praise the Lord with the time that he has. We go to the Lord for many things, many things that we have need of. However, why would he give us these things? Why would he give you health? We should ask the Lord for health that we might have more days to praise his name yes, on the right. earth. Yes. Why should he give you a job? He should only give you a job that you can support your family and have that to give to the church and further his kingdom. Right. Why should he give you family converts? Is there one more that you can set a bad example for and watch leave again? Or yet one that he can send us that we can praise the Lord for the one of the ninety and nine? Why should he give us a better church? So that there is faith found on the earth. So there is a pillar and ground still here. That's why yes. we want a better church. Right. Why should he give you a godly spouse? So that you can ruin a soul of another? Or so that you can have one to walk with in unity and serve the Lord better with? This is why we should ask for these things. And we need to tell the Lord, this is why we're asking for these things. I'll conclude with this. Will we remember to have a conversation with the Lord? and not have it be us looking for something only in our time of need, but a relationship when we ne don't necessarily have those particular needs. When we open up to him about our lives, he already knows, but as any friend desires, he wants to know more, and he wants to know that you want him to know. So we need to open up to him. And will we remember that God wants us to fill our need of him, 
This psalm is in the Bible, going through many details and many particular points of a request for the sole purpose of the Lord wanting to know what David had need of. And we have this in, this in the Bible for our learning, so that we might go to the Lord the same way. We're embarking on a few more verses of John 6. Why do you want to know more about Jesus in John 6 if you're not going to have a relationship with him that supersedes any other relationship here on earth and only transcends into heaven and that great day when he comes for us? This is why we should want to know about our, our Lord and Savior. Not to have the intellectual knowledge, as was mentioned earlier, but to have that personal relationship that we might serve him each and every day of our lives. I close with these verses from Job 8. Job 8, verses 5 and 6, and this is my desire. If this is all you get from these words, Job 8, 5 and 6. If thou wouldest seek unto God betimes and make thy supplication to the Almighty, if thou wert pure and upright, surely now he would awake for thee and make the habitation of thy righteousness prosperous.